Listeners, and welcome to Costume Station Zero. This is Bob Mitch, and I'm here today with a good friend of mine. You might know her uh, as Wonder Woman or Zatanna or the Scarlet Witch at conventions such as Comic Con, Wonder Con, or Dragon Con, among others. So please welcome Valerie Perez. Hey, everybody. <laughs> so, Valerie, I like to start at the very beginning. What got you into costuming? What got me into costuming? I would say Laura Croft. Mm hmm. Um, at the time, I was a huge fan, and um, I was going online and seeing that there were lookalike contests for cash prizes, and I thought, boy, I'd, I'd enjoy that. And uh, Her uh, fashion sense wasn't that far from mine. I often dressed like I was going camping and uh, had the brown Doc Martens, so I thought, I'll, I'll give this a try, and it turned out to be a lot of fun. And uh, I entered into those and did really well, and then I read in a forum somewhere that uh, the other lores were talking about going to a place called Comic-Con. Mm -hmm. And I thought a place where you can wear your gear and meet others who love what you love, mm -hmm. I I'm in. I want to go. So what year was this? This was 2005. And you were already kind of in with the, uh, the online forum of Laura Croft people, or you discovered it because you put on the costume? I discovered Comic-Con because I was uh, on a forum mm -hmm. for uh, Laura Croft and Indiana Jones fans, um, and uh, they were talking about going to uh, Comic-Con. And okay. when I first started doing Laura Croft, I, I only wore it for photo shoots mm -hmm. to kind of enter uh, online and share with other Lauras, and, and uh, I didn't wear it anywhere. I, I wore it for Halloween, and nobody knew who I was. That's so strange to me to think that nobody knew Laura... I mean, in 05, did you think that, well, maybe the video game wasn't as popular yet? Was this before the movie? Uh, this was before the movie, mm -hmm. and that, you know, maybe gamers would know, mm -hmm. but Laura's heyday was more in the was late 90s. Oh, uh, okay. So at that point, I think we didn't know if she was, you know, killed off yet in the fourth iteration, and yeah, I, I was in uh, uh, San Diego, too. It wasn't at... You know, it wasn't in July, it wasn't at Comic-Con, but it was Halloween and the gas lamp, and people didn't know who I was. Mm -hmm. I still had a lot of fun time. People mm -hmm. still, you know, welcomed me, though they didn't know that I was in any particular costume. Right. Okay. Um, so you would consider Laura Croft your first cosplay costume, your convention costume, but, but you used to do costuming for Halloween. Yeah, I, I always loved Halloween. As long as I can remember, I was always wearing something for Halloween, but it was something usually for Halloween in school, it was, it was a witch or an angel or, or I, I would say my first character I ever did, 
on my own was in junior high, and I was the I loved reading old uh, Mad Magazine cost um, uh, magazines, and I costumed as the gray agent from Spy vs. Spy, the lady spy. Right. Uh, that was about as original as I got. I know one year I wanted to do Shatara, but so little my mom didn't know how the heck we would do a Shatara, so mm-hmm. I didn't, didn't exactly get to do it. Gotcha. And so you, you felt limited by what was available in the stores or your their, your skill set or your mom's skill set? My mom didn't sew. Mm-hmm. My mom didn't sew. Um, I was a tomboy. I still to this day can't really braid. Um, um, my sewing skills are, are pretty bad. Did you, and so you never costumed Wonder Woman as a little girl? Never, though I, I loved Wonder Woman from a very young age. Mm-hmm. Um, I, um, she was something I guess I, I loved that I kept very personal. I didn't share it with anybody growing mm-hmm. up. I didn't know anybody else who was interested in the stuff I was interested in. Mm-hmm. I was big film buff. Um, I loved fantasy novels, and I loved Art of Dragon magazine. Mm-hmm. And you know, I had old issues of, you know, was it Cinema Fantastique? And, oh, yeah, great magazine. And I didn't know anybody else who were, was into uh, Wonder Woman or anything genre, quite mm-hmm. frankly. And I didn't have any other friends to have those kind of projects with until I went to Comic-Con. Sure. And then the whole world's opened up to me. Yeah, no, I, I, as it should. Uh my first exposure to this character, I know, would have been between the Linda Carter series, uh, which I was catching in reruns. I was a little too young to catch it uh, when it first ran, and uh, the Super Friends. Now, with you, that's not the case, right? No, I I didn't uh, see the Linda Carter uh, 70s show until I was um, older. What uh, happened was my mom took me to a comic book store. I was probably about seven, and I saw... Um, it was a reprinting of the George Perez reboot, the number one, with that beautiful montage cover. Yes, yes, great issue. And he drew her. She looked just like my mom. Mm-hmm. Had my name on it, Perez. And, mm-hmm. and uh, I just kind of fixated on the comic. And I wasn't the type to ask for things from my parents. When the latest commercial came on, I didn't turn right to my mom and say, buy me that. Sure. I was very quiet. But this was something I didn't want to leave its side. Mm-hmm. So my mom knew I liked it and bought it for me. And I just reread it every year until I was like 18. It became my manifesto. Because mm-hmm. it's largely a story of her origins. She doesn't appear to the last couple of pages mm-hmm. about her her, her mom, they, these other Amazons, and uh, their, their their journey. And they, they pour their knowledge into this little girl. And I was raised by my mom and her eight sisters. Mm-hmm. So to read about this um, you little girl. identification? Little bit, you mm-hmm. know, giving a great sense of purpose and everything. I just identified mm-hmm. with it, and <laughs> yeah, it blew my mind. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, flash forwarding to 2006, your first Wonder Woman costume. Now, how did you go about that? Uh, well, I went to my first uh, Comic Con in 05, and I think I, I saw one Linda Carter booth costume, mm-hmm. and I was kind of taken aback. Uh, didn't see much Wonder Woman at all. Mm-hmm. I, I was, the Amazon representation was, was sorely lacking, so I thought I should do something about this. Because for years, people were telling me, you'd make a great Wonder Woman, but mm-hmm. I shied away from it because I wasn't sure if I was worthy to touch her tiara. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, she, was the, she is the epitome of all the best characteristics, uh, characteristics of every woman you know, your, mm-hmm. your girlfriend, your mom, and to cosplay as her, to, to dress up as her, I... Wasn't sure if I was worthy, mm-hmm. but I realized I didn't like the thought of um, not seeing her represented even more. Mm-hmm. Sure. Um, so I, I went ahead and 
pl- plunged ahead and decided this is going to be my first um, well-thought-out constructed costume. Because with Laura Croft, um, starting out, large, a lot of it was um, modification of materials. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Some things I had to make templates for, the gun rigs and, and, and whatnot. With Wonder Woman, it's at that time, there really wasn't anything off the shelf um, that I wanted to go for. I mean, there's some sexed-up versions. Sure, as always. Um, but what was Wonder Woman to me, I have a very specific idea of what it is, what mm-hmm. it looks like. Um, I ended up going with an amalgamation of George Perez and Adam Hughes. Right, okay. And uh, that it's all, it's all customs, nothing but... Now, uh, you went to the Magic Wardrobe for this first version, didn't you? Yes. Um, I, like I said, I'm not a sewer. I'm not a leather worker. Uh, but I found the Magic Wardrobe in Northern California and uh, sent them my designs and sent them certain materials. Mm-hmm. For instance, um, there was a, a chrome fabric, which was made only by one company. They actually had stopped making it. I thought they'd be perfect for my bracelets. Mm-hmm. And I had to do some research find out where I can get some, I found an Autobot body shop in Maine. <laughs> I thought you said Autobot. Autobot. <laughs> I would have loved to have found a friendly Autobot that could come and just make my costume kind of like Robbie and, you know, Forbidden Planet. That would have been great. That'll be a new Transformer Autobot who's a sewing, transforms into a sewing machine. Yeah, you know, cosplay. Yeah, why, not? why the heck not? Why not? Although it would have to have wheels to be a true Autobot. Uh, sorry, Transformers. Anyway, so you found your fabric. Oh, yeah, so I, I wrote to, um, I, I found this uh, um, auto body yes. uh, custom shop in Maine that had worked with the material. So I called them up and asked them if they had any scraps laying around because mm-hmm. I wouldn't need much from my, my gauntlets, which they did. And I sent that to Magic Wardrobe. And uh, basically, I, I uh, worked with them very closely. I, I drove up there. Um, I think it was around, must have been around, it must have been WonderCon 2005. I combined a trip to San Francisco to go visit the magic wardrobe this um, very nice lady who um, took my measurements um, in person and, she, and I worked with her on proportions and whatnot to right. be what I what I wanted to see because I, I had learned when working with the magic wardrobe there's actually two people the one you talk to online is not the seamstress there's actually someone who does all the communicating on on the web and there's somebody totally else that's making the costume so right there's the w- business end and the seamstress end right right so I know, I've dealt with them. so when you you know when you're working on producing a costume the mm-hmm. communication's key oh yes so when i didn't know i was talking to two different people for a while that, that ran into some problems mm-hmm. but i worked closely with them sending things back and forth in the mail right up to the next comic-con that july and as you know, when you're, you're shipping things back and forth, mm-hmm. you're starting to pay a fortune in those costs, and, mm-hmm. and you're just trying to you know perfect every last little bit. And uh, yes, July 2006, um, that's where I debuted my Wonder Woman costume. It was kind of funny. I'm really glad I went with my family because mm-hmm. I wasn't aware of having to have a costume wrangler, um, being comfortable in, say, an outfit that was getting a certain response that maybe you wouldn't feel comfortable with walking around alone. Sure. Um, in this case, I had left the hotel, and my stepdad decided, oh, I'm tired, I'm going to stay in the room, and he's laying on the bed. And then he hears from the window, like 12 floors up, all the cat calls and stuff <laughs> that I'm getting when I'm walking to the con. Mm-hmm. They were building the hard rock at the time, oh, right. and you have like half a dozen construction workers hanging over the side from the from the roof, uh-huh. <coughs> noticing me on the and waving. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Needless to say, he decided to come with me after all. Uh-huh. It was a great time. I... Um, Comic-Con hadn't quite gotten that crazy in terms of crowds, but it was getting there. 
And uh, wearing that costume, as soon as you're out on the, um, on the street, like I said, there wasn't that many Wonder Woman to be found, mm. which is the reason why I'm wearing her. Um, I had a great response. I mean, she was largely recognizable, and, you know, kids and adults alike were really excited to to meet my version. Sure. And uh, I had a lot of fun. It was um, photographed by the Associated Press, and, and those pictures went everywhere, which was, was really great. It was really fun. I had friends that brought me pages in Korean that I couldn't read what it was, but there's this <laughs> big picture of me and my Wonder Woman carrying my camera because yeah. it's largely what I like to do. I, I love taking photos of other cosplayers, mm-hmm. and I figured, you know, I'm taking pictures of them. The least I can do is be in costume, and you can take pictures of me. So <laughs> we take turns. Right, right. Uh, I, I find that actually, yeah, since I started cosplaying myself, finding the time to actually take photos of other people that I think are awesome gets very limited because you're being stopped for photos so much and you're trying to find where to hide the camera or have a friend to have the camera say, hey, uh, you know, like uh, our friend Ben, hey, Ben, get get that Mary Marvel or get that other guy as John Steed or something. So I understand that completely. So you were getting this great reaction from, from kids and adults, I'm sure. Yes, um, I really didn't know how much of a reaction I was getting mm-hmm. until I talked to my family at the end of the day mm-hmm. because they'd be often a few steps behind me and sure. I wouldn't hear what people are saying, mm-hmm. but they'd hear it and they'd tell me later, you know, some of the things they say when I walk by, like I was walking through Hall H and it's kind of dark, right? And, mm-hmm. and uh, there'd be someone who calls out and I'd have my lasso glowing and they'd be going, what's that? And somebody would say, that's the lasso of truth. <laughs> and I, I didn't know I was... Sometimes that notice when you're not stopped, you just figure you're just walking along. Right, but there's right. actually some people are kind of talking about you. And oh, they, sure. Mm-hmm. And you, I didn't notice, but my you know my family's hanging around and they tell me and they're filling you in. They fill me mm-hmm. in because I I don't know how you you come across. I mean you can't you're you you don't stop and think about the reaction or how people are thinking about you. So well, I mean you you get a sense, but you're right. You don't get you don't get everything because it's it's so crazy at Comic Con. It's easy to miss stuff. And you're right. It's it's easy to miss the people a few steps behind you who, you know, maybe they got to tell their, their uh, daughter or boyfriend or somebody about you. So I, I did want to get back to the lasso. Now, you said it glowed, and it's not just glow-in-the-dark paint or something. No. Um, I'm the first person I saw use L-wire for mm-hmm. this. Um, basically, it's I think it's three copper pieces of wire um, wrapped in plastic, and when you attach, uh, when you apply electrical current, it glows. Mm-hmm. And uh, I got yellow and braided it together and hid the batteries best I could, and fabric uh, similar to what my shorts were made out of and mm-hmm. a little hidden by the little right, pouch. Right. Um, I've got better ideas now how where to hide the batteries, but um, yeah, to me, I felt that the lasso had to glow. And I, so I, from right out the gate, I, I, I didn't have a gold rope lasso until much, until much later. Mm-hmm. Um, I felt that she had to glow because I, I had, I had, like I said, very specific ideas of what Wonder Woman should be. Mm-hmm. It was one of the reasons why I was leery to cosplay as Wonder Woman. Because mm-hmm. not until I saw the Grant Morrison, Drew Johnson, uh, Wonder Woman books, uh, or she was had a little bit more color, she's a little bit more ethnic. I thought, mm-hmm. okay, I, I, I can dress, I can, I, I can definitely do that mm-hmm. uh, version. Because for a long time after the George Perez, I, I got away from the Wonder Woman comics, mm-hmm. the angry version, the, the John um, Burn. Uh, version has kind of turned me off, but okay. but I brought back to it later, and, and I found it encouraging. So where where is the evolution of this costume gone in, in the last six years? Then clearly that's not the version you're still wearing now. No, um, the one problem I had with my first uh, well, I had a couple problems actually. Um, 
learned how underwear is made by a very specific way. Um, mine around the legs were just two elastic bands and hand sewn, and that mm-hmm. kept coming undone. Mm-hmm. Stars were hand painted; those tended to peel and heat. Um, With like fabric paint. Fabric paint, exactly. Mm-hmm. Uh, with mine, the the top it's not really a course it was more like a tube top it was mm-hmm. only so long it came to rest on top of the belt kind of slid down mm-hmm. i had a thicker belt in, in, in the beginning mm-hmm. and when you when you bend over you've got these layers of of the blue bottoms which go all the way up high and then you've got this red of course it's kind of uh, uh working its way down and then the belt over that you're slowly thickening up the part where wonder woman should be the leanest right in the middle right mm-hmm. so now i've i've gone to a kind of um boy short playboy bunny where it's all one thing mm-hmm. and the belt goes over it okay sure um i don't think i'll ever go back to a thick belt especially the alex west or alex ross version mm. where if you bend over touch your toes you impale yourself yeah. it's, it's a little too much there mm-hmm. so i no. think i'm gonna keep it low and, and pretty thin have the boots undergone a transformation since then or they remain the same um, boots, I based on the Brian Bolin uh, cover art, which is more of a wedge heel and mm-hmm. um, certain thickness with the with the white leather stripe. And I, I love my boots. Mm-hmm. I've, I've kept the same boots. Where did you have the boots made? Oh, my gosh. It was um, a boot shop. There was three generations of shoemakers, um, Armenian family, who had a shop at the corner of Hollywood and Vine. Mm-hmm. They used to have a lot of business working for TV and movies and a lot of stuff left LA. A lot of movie business went to Canada mm-hmm. and uh, they were they were hurting. And then the f- nightclub next door uh, had a fire and did some damage and they just never came back for that. They decided just to close it up. Mm-hmm. So it's so sadly, dandy shoes, they're no longer there, mm. no longer around. Mm, that's unfortunate because they're great boots uh, and boots sometimes can make a costume, I'll tell you that. Um, so what about the, uh, the tiara? The tiara, um, I prefer the, uh, two points mm-hmm. and the first tiara was, um, I, I, tr- we tried to keep it proportions, but it was kind of done, uh, willy nilly. Um, now I've moved to, uh, armor mm-hmm. done by Sword in the Stone, Tony Swatton. And it's still a little thick, mm-hmm. but I, I guess I, I, um, uh, try to go to, too thin of tiara because I have such a tall forehead. Um, that has made some changes. The breastplate is a lot. Uh, it's very much the, the current one I have that's made of armor is currently much like the leather one that mm-hmm. I did first because I, I it's kind of a stylized W. It's not really the eagle. Mm-hmm, right. Um, but aren't you concerned about how the armor is with um, you know appearances and children? My first Wonder Woman costume was uh, leather armor, mm-hmm. and that was great for getting hugs from kids. And now that I've gotten the metal armor, I have to make sure I kind of catch them and slow them down when they rush up for a hug. Mm-hmm. This one little girl saw me from um, two uh, blocks away, she, and as soon as she did, she broke into a run. Mm-hmm. She came up to me, and thankful I was wearing the softer costume, but I realized, gee, if this was real armor, she would have she'd kind of hurt herself. So mm-hmm. I. So when I went went to the metal, I, I try to be wary of that. Mm-hmm. I do. That's true. Another thing with the armor one, it usually photographs well, except maybe if it's in sunlight, I'm a little worried about being a bit shiny. Sure. Um, but again, that's I I. It was made for in person. Mm-hmm. I wasn't 
wasn't really thinking about um, photographing well. If I was to do one that um, photographed great, I'd probably do a, a more uh, brushed texture of some sort. I can see that dull it down a little bit. It's a little. Mm -hmm. So do you ever sport the cape? The cape, um, I do sport a cape, and it's my Scarlet Witch cape, actually. It just looked really good mm -hmm. on it. I started wearing it partly to hide the batteries from my lasso, but mostly when I went to WonderCon, it was kind of chilly up in San Francisco, so Wonder Woman covered up a little bit. And happily, uh, after, two years after I started wearing that cape with the Wonder Woman, I saw it come up in the comic. So, mm -hmm. so yes, it, um, it works. An anticipating the comic book for once, the other way around. <laughs> yeah. Well, I... Yeah, meeting um, Terry, I, I you kind of cross, uh, inspire each other. Mm -hmm. Sometimes you you influence the writers, the artists a little bit as well as they influence you. Mm -hmm. And I've I've m modeled for a lot of different covers and video and video game. So it feels really great to be part of the process as Wonder Woman. As Wonder Woman to mm -hmm. bring your character alive. That's really cool. So you've been able to meet uh, a lot of the writers and creators behind the current Wonder Woman comic. Um, the current one, you mean like Jim Lee and whatnot? I've, there's been so many different I iterations. This is kind of a broad question. You've met some of the people behind the comic, at least at some point in its history. Well, when I started doing my Wonder Woman, I better believe it, I went up to George Perez and he he was so excited to see me. Mm -hmm. I mean, he was the whole reason why I first picked up a comic and uh, it was like meeting a member of family, I did, you know, extended family I'd never met before and mm -hmm. I kind of in a way got semi-adopted by him. He's been so sweet to me. And generous, um, and got kind of like his unofficial blessing of of my portrayal of Wonder Woman. Nice, yeah. nice. That had to be. Would you call that the highlight of wearing your Wonder Woman costume? Definitely, but I would say that um, uh, meeting kids. Mm -hmm. It's almost like uh, meeting myself at that age that you know. I would have loved to have met Wonder Woman. I kind of get taken back to that moment, that joy of loving the character. Let's say mm -hmm. those are usually the best. And I guess I should dispel a rumor, and I hope I never seemingly uh, try to take credit for this, but um, Adam Hughes had uh, done a series of covers, and um, they they evolved, and they, they, they vary a little bit, but um, they largely looked a lot, a lot like me in my best light. Mm -hmm. So when he met me, he kind of freaked out. <laughs> I can imagine, but uh, I wasn't the original um, Wonder Woman model for him. Mm -hmm. Just I wasn't. I, I have uh, modeled for him, but... He didn't create Wonder Woman on me. That was just a happy, you know, happy accident. accident. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Wow. Yeah, he probably would have freaked. Um, and I've met Phil Jimenez and and gotten kudos from him. And I've I've my my ego's been happily stroked. <laughs> <laughs> I'm good. I've I've gotten my accolades mm -hmm. from all those that matter to me. Um, but you've done Wonder Woman beyond the convention uh, appearances. You've done charity work and uh, hospital visits and such. I, I have, I did. Um, the Shriners Children Hospital, a City Hope Cancer Picnic. I've been asked by Warner Brothers. I was a uh, my Wonder Woman. They asked for my Wonder Woman at uh, their um, anniversary of their animation department when they changed their billboard. They they brought me down for the big event they had with Julie Newmar and whatnot. That was mm -hmm. a lot of fun. Um, I like doing parades. I started doing community parades, which was kind of a nice change. Um, to meet more kids and um, in their, at their best, mm -hmm. and I do one in Orange County and uh, in my own stomping grounds back in Ranch Kumanga. Right. I've done one there too. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So, uh, what's what's been the difference in doing those type of events versus a convention? 
I feel like uh, I give back a little more. Mm-hmm. That's not for myself as much. Mm-hmm. Um, don't really respond to the requests uh, for selling or for, for being hired, but mostly uh, there to uh, celebrate her things she stands for. Mm-hmm. Done a, a Wonder Woman Day in, in Portland that raises money for uh, women's shelters. Mm, okay. Yeah, a lot of times when you costume, at least I do it. I do it for me. I do it to uh, celebrate and promote a character I want to see more of mm-hmm. and to kind of uh, raise the awareness. But at the same time, if I can do something that um, is more, I want to say life-affirming, right. but that can be influ- make a positive influence, mm-hmm. that can brighten up someone's day. I mean, some of these um, experiences, you wouldn't think about it. I uh, At a City of, of Hope picnic, there was this little boy in a wheelchair. He was just so to meet Darth Vader mm-hmm. and Darth Vader at the time think well Darth Vader I guess he's cool but no 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 later I hear him talk to his you know parents saying you know Darth, Darth Vader lost both his arms and his legs and still you know mm. and you don't really think of the different ways you can be perceived mm-hmm. uh, it's it's um it's almost um keeping an open mind to what a positive influence or inspiration can be or can do right mm-hmm. totally totally so, with the Wonder Woman costume, I have to ask, uh, any plans to do the Linda Carter TV version? Well, as you know, I was recently privileged to um, get access to a screen use, 1970s Linda Carter, from this uh, second season, oh, and yes. try it on mm-hmm. to do a little photo shoot. Um, and the feedback I've gotten from some of the pictures um, people saw early on, they, they, they love my contemporary suit. Mm-hmm. Because that one does largely to them come across dated, but I really, I really enjoyed putting it on. It was mm-hmm. a real thrill. I I've met Linda Carter and she is a walking dream. Oh yeah, I've never met her, but I've heard nothing but great things about her. Oh my gosh! Well, yes, the charm and beauty, but at the same time, calming, positive feeling. This meeting her, I. I, I caught up on the TV shows later and, and did become a fan. I did enjoy, they were not my Wonder Woman. There was largely different mythos, but mm-hmm. I, I enjoyed them. And listening to a, a lot of uh, other women, that that was their first Wonder Woman and mm-hmm. their inspiration. And after meeting her, I mean, I was, I'd love to celebrate that. And I've got other friends who wear the vintage hero TV show costumes. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Scott does a great Batman, um, um, you know, Mr. Uh, Captain Marvel. Mm-hmm. Knocking you, I'd love to do a group of you know vintage TV show heroes and go out. I think that'd be an awesome team up. Would be fun. Um, I'm still talking to Terry about ISIS a little bit, so we'll see. Right, mm-hmm. great ISIS. Mm-hmm. So yeah, no, that that would that would be rocking it. I know um, you've already got the boots and everything, so you got to start going, right? Yes, I want to give a shout out to Stefan Rue, um, my artist friend who. Happily was in Paris the time this French designer came out with a line of Wonder Woman and Catwoman shoes. Mm-hmm. And he knew what a big Wonder Woman fan I am. Mm-hmm. They had these great Linda Carter-ish boots that he picked a pair up for me um, for Christmas. Nice. So, thank you, Stefan. He uh, he was uh, the artist on the recent run of Zatanna books mm-hmm. that I sorely miss. Um, I got kind of nicked after the... The 52 started up. So. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. So, yes, I, I got the boots, so might as well go about and... Yeah, I'd, I'd love to do the costume. You know how it is. You got your list of costumes that you, you want to finish up, get done, get better. Prioritize, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. So, that, so that is on my list of things to perfect. And you, what, and you have a belt, too. 
Right, and I have a belt thanks to Andy who runs the uh, Wonder Woman Day um, events in um, he's in, there's Portland and, and New Jersey. Mm-hmm. And as a thank you for um, being part of his event, he gave me um, a perfect replica uh, season two with the snaps for the lasso mm-hmm. uh, belt of uh, you know the seventy styles that was meant for the mannequin. So it's pretty small, it's like twenty four um, <laughs> inch race. And I'm, I'm, I'm I'm there. I'm, I'm just there. It's a little snug, but it's Linda Carter snug, so it's mm-hmm. all good. Right. I know wearing the Linda Carter costume, I was surprised uh, how roomy it was. Um, it was the first time I ever had anything on that was a little short-waisted mm-hmm. for it, but um, I, I thought it was going to be too fat. <laughs> but I actually fit that, and I, I think I can rock it. Now that I've had it on, I, I can rock it, so yeah. Yeah, give it the test run. I had know. to give it the test run. Again, see if I was worthy, see if I could do it. Yeah. Doing mm-hmm. the... Uh, um, Catwoman, the 1960s Catwoman. I wasn't sure if I could rock that. Oh, yeah, that's right. I remember we had to talk you into it. (laughs) (laughs) Well, again, that's one of those iconic, you know, you got to be, you know, plenty woman. And confident. And uh, confident and then some. I mean, (laughs) yeah, Lee Merriweather was at this most recent uh, Comic-Con, and Mm -hmm. I showed her a picture of us slipping that on, and we exchanged stories of being in that type of suit. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, of the uh, what, what is it? Uh, not a spandex um, shoot. Where's Vicky? Where I need her? She, she and Scott all. Yeah, I, I forget the name of the material. It's not uh, available anymore. But it's it's doesn't feel all that great. Um, Stretch Lemay, isn't that it? Uh, she got sunburned. Um, Lee Merriweather. She didn't wear anything under her. Oh, that's right. I had a second cat suit under when I did the Adam West uh, Walk of Fame mm-hmm. uh, ceremony. So and it was cold that day, so it worked out great. But yeah, it was one of those things where you. you Take a picture in it. You gotta don't know how thin it is, and if you're gonna be out in the sun. Well, that's a whole other set of parameters mm-hmm. you gotta take into account. Right, like sunblock. Yeah. Uh, but I think you rocked it really well. I mean, um, to be honest, I can't think of a character you don't rock really well. I'm Aww. sure. I'm sure you might have your own self, uh, you know, criticisms. We all do, but you know, it's all a matter of how it comes off to others, and you know how well you're selling the character. And uh, you know, hey, you do a dynamite job, so that's why that's why I like talking costumes with you. So uh, let's. You talked a bit about Zatanna. Let's let's move into that costume. Now, how did that start? Zatanna, I somewhere along the way, I picked up Paul Dini's Everyday Magic and mm-hmm. loved it. Love, love, loved it. I fell in love with the character, and I went back to her 1960s mm-hmm. uh, comics from then. She did more of the um, um, ruffle shirt, and I was a character that I was just amazed I didn't see more from. Mm-hmm. So I um, wore that to con as well. And I just happened by Adam West. I mean, Adam West. Sorry, too many Adams. No, not enough Adams. No, there's plenty of Adams. Please. There's, sorry, Adams. Um, at one Comic-Con, I was dressed as a Tana kind of from the Silver Age. Mm-hmm. And I uh, went by Adam Hughes' booth. Mm-hmm. And he stopped and asked me to take a picture. And those from those pictures, he based... Um, this beautiful uh, Zatanna Marquis artwork that was used for Catwoman 50. Oh, right. So I, I, I got a good response and good encouragement to continue with Zatanna, mm-hmm. which I did. Um, eventually bought myself a top hat, which I didn't exactly have the money for it to start out with. Sure, we all we all start somewhere. So I found a really great, I can't remember if it's satin or silk, claspable top hat in Long Beach at mm-hmm. the Village Hat Shop. Mm-hmm. I get asked that question a lot. Um, I think it's a couple hundred dollars. But um, I think it's the perfect height because sometimes I see these Hannah hats and they're a little too tall. They're like the coachman hat, mm-hmm. a little too short. So, mm-hmm. Village Hat Shop, great 
top hat for Zantana. And now I've I've got various vests and shirts and and uh, different coats and canes. Do you just mix and match, or do you have like a favorite that you use right now? Well, as it's evolved, I've I've loved I've gone to a short coat, mm-hmm. um, a short coat um, look, and it's again very Adam Hughes um, marquee one that I I went for the white corset like mm-hmm. top that I've got going on. Mm-hmm. But in the beginning, it was all about the long coat and the the ruffles. Um, but now you see Zatanna, she's more sexed up. She doesn't quite wear a full shirt. She kind of has a collar that just floats there. Mm-hmm. And I found this great collar um, at Brooks Brothers. Brooks Brothers has the gentleman's paper collar as they made ballet back in the day. And it's kind of, well, actually, it's kind of cardboardy. And I think it looks the best and sits the best because it is what it's supposed to be. It's mm-hmm. gentleman's um, vintage collar. Yeah, it's a great place. I, I've used them myself. Uh, of course, you know me, I'm, I'm curious about the coat. Coat, yes, you Doctor Who fan. Um, my first coat, the one with the full coattails, I found uh, is vintage. Mm-hmm. I found it in a in a costume shop here in LA, and I since moved to a shorter one. Um, was it Tana? It was largely about modifying materials because mm-hmm. it's all clothing. The mm-hmm. the small uniform gloves, or gentlemen's gloves with the lines down the back, right. for uh, for that. Um, only the corset and the bottoms um, are custom made. The bottoms mm-hmm. I had made by a bathing shoot shop. And I highly recommend this, ladies, because this design works for all types of rear ends. Get the ruching down the back. Kind of separates the two cheeks. It's just like in a comic book, the same effect, where you can tell where one bun ends and the other bun begins. It's very <laughs> flattering. So I recommend you guys go out and get some... Um, bottoms that has ruching down the back i'm thinking of adding it to my wonder woman it just looks good okay all right no 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 to ladies out there <laughs> and i recommend the fishnet with the smaller holes it's mm-hmm. a lot more flattering sure. for your for your legs i mean there's all types of um size i've seen the really big ones and my personal choice i prefer that i've i've gone through many iterations done a lot of photos and the smaller um fishnet Looks good. Mm-hmm. Um, if you go too small, it doesn't look like you're wearing fishnets. It looks like you're wearing just black hose. Yes, so a fine line. it's a fine line, but if bigger than a, th- a thumbprint, mm-hmm. it's too big. Okay, I would say it's a good it's a good rule of thumb. Yeah, I think uh, Terry ran into the same thing on her black canary tights. Mm. Yeah, we had some large ones, which ultimately she didn't like wearing, but both for comfort and for look, and she ended up going with the smaller ones too. <laughs> Now, how often, I mean, it seems like that's almost like your secondary character you wear next to Wonder Woman, at least that I've seen you in. Oh, like I said, Wonder Woman took off pretty well and Mm -hmm. um, was largely requested, and it was like Zatanna. It's like, okay, I want to see more Zatanna out there. Sure, sure. And, um... So a lot of these costumes, it seems, start life because you're just not seeing this character out there represented, so you're like, darn it, then I'm going to do it. Absolutely, absolutely. It's like fan PR. Um, you're out there, the people who are creating your favorite comic books, TV shows, they, they, they see you now at con. It's almost like a way to, to influence back, mm-hmm. get those pictures out there and to, to meet the artist in person. And mm-hmm. sometimes I've, I've been lucky enough to meet an artist and he'd see my iteration of something and then do something based on meeting me or the pictures we've taken together mm-hmm. or, um, or what have you. So it's great to do that cross-inspiration stuff, saying, well, I want to see more of this. I know I did Madame Mirage, Top Cow character that uh, Paul Dini did, mm-hmm. kind of put the word out there, because you know, 
walking around in this big black hat and tight little white dress. No one knows really who you are, but mm -hmm. then they ask you. Then right. your pictures go around, and if you look any kind of you know hot or sexy, mm -hmm. they'll they'll get that. The pictures will get out there, and mm -hmm. then and then more people know about the comic and the character. Or they'll use it more. I, I like to take pride that six years ago I really didn't see much Scarlet Witch or Zatanna but now there's magic women everywhere and I like to think I had something to do with that sure sure um, speaking of Scarlet Witch let's let's talk about that costume how did how did that come together there was a a, a night with Stan Lee hosted by Kevin Smith mm -hmm. happening down the street and I wanted to go and I had since given up on Electra because the movie just totally put me off. I kept the size, but I'm not going to wear that costume again. Now, your version of Electra was comic book again, right? Yes, it yes. was comic book. I, I did love the great Greg uh, Horn artwork mm -hmm. that uh, the movie largely based a lot of it. their looks from, mm -hmm. but um, yes. Okay. Anyway, I, I didn't really have any other Marvel, but I, I like Scarlet Witch. Okay. So I went about putting together a, a Scarlet Witch um, and... Uh, and that was great. You know, Stanley commented on everything. And, um, yeah, she was a character that I was drawn to. I didn't see much of. Um, and that was that was hardest for me. I worked with this malleable plastic. I forget the name of it. To kind of uh, shape something and, and bend it a little bit. But that was something um, that really needed to be sculpted. And mm -hmm. I don't really sculpt. So I reached out to... Um, I eventually reached out to a, a friend who who uh, mold, did a mold of my head. It was mm -hmm. the first time I ever did a body mold. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, a successful body mold, let me just say that. <laughs> a successful body mold. Well, we won't talk about the false starts. Okay. I, thank you. Uh, I've had a bad experience. <laughs> <laughs> um, and from the head mold, um, it got a headpiece, and mm -hmm. the headpiece really they put it all together. Okay. But it was it was one of those ones that took a long time coming about, and I realized there's a difference between putting together a costume to look good in person versus looking good on camera. It doesn't photograph all that well. It looks mm -hmm. good in person, but mm -hmm. it doesn't photograph all that well. Gotcha. No, yeah. no, it's it's a great costume. I I can only think of two cons I've seen you wear it, but um, it it really looks it looks good to me. But then again, I'm remembering what I saw in person too. So haha, -ha, you might be right. See, I, I know I've wanted to Comic Cons and Anime, or Anaheim. Yeah. Anaheim Con um, had a cosplayer uh, friend at the time, um, Ricky, come in with her wasp, and she wanted to meet Stanley. Mm -hmm. So I, I was wanted to watch. Oh, oh, and um, oh, gosh, this is a great convention. I can't believe we haven't talked about this earlier. Um, Heroes Con. Okay. Heroes Con, I wore it there, and I had actually modeled my Scarlet Witch for artist Mark Brooks. Mm -hmm. I can't remember if it was a Wizard Con or not. I guess it wasn't Celebrations. So I think it was at Wizard World mm -hmm. where I met Mark and I posed for some and he did artwork that was entered into the art auction they have at Heroes. Mm -hmm. And I'm glad to say that it, it was the top seller and I, I had my Scarlet Witch on at the time and I, I walked it around and he did this beautiful, um, huge uh, piece of artwork. Nice. Nice, very nice. Um, this sounds like a good con. I assume this is similar to uh, Big Wow. Um, 
it's similar in that it's very um, artist and comic book um, focused. Mm -hmm. um, Heroes Con is the con where I finally got a sketchbook going. Okay. Usually at Comic Con, there's so much going around. Oh, yeah. You know, you meet some great artists, but it's so crazy. You don't really get a chance to get some artwork, and you're competing. You're um, competing against a lot of heavy hitters. Mm -hmm. So uh, Heroes Con, I finally got a sketchbook, and George Perez always told me that if I had a sketchbook, he'd do me a sketch. Mm -hmm. So. Here I am with my brand new sketchbook, and I'm just about to walk past George Perez, and without even saying, he comes and jumps up and runs over and grabs my sketchbook, and he starts my <laughs> sketchbook off right, and he nice. does it in pencil. It's so beautiful. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, yeah, well, Heroes Con, great for um, artwork and artists, and uh, I've gotten most of my sketches there. Okay, so that's, that's that's a good sketch con, is what you're saying. That was that's, that's it. Still is a great sketch mm -hmm. con. Yeah. Got it. Got it. Um, but uh, while while on topic, uh, I I have to say that um, well you know what we'll we'll guide back into that. Um, so out of the costumes you've done now, what what else have you done beyond the the big three? I always think of is Scarlet Witch, Satana, Wonder Woman, and obviously Laura Croft and Deja Thoris, which was quite a hit at Comic Con this year. Yes, Deja Thoris was always one of those. I don't know how the heck I'll ever pull that off. I mean, Martians are largely naked, um, but again, the, my uh, my prayers were answered in the shape of Hephaestus himself, Tony Swatton, mm -hmm. who um, invited me to my first Labyrinth of Jareth, mm -hmm. and um, that just it just came together in a freakish way. Um, freakish way. Yeah, it was like, um, gee, I've never been to Labyrinth of Jareth, but I'd love to go, and then. Here's a guy. It's you know. I know it's suddenly hooking me up with mm -hmm. VIP pass and right. a Deja Thoris, mm -hmm. and it just happens real fast. I, I'm still working on it. I haven't yet gotten my skin and perfect reddish hue yet. Okay. Well, right. I don't know what I'm gonna do, um, makeup or tanner wise. I am Native American, so I, I think of myself as red skin already. But mm -hmm. you know, people see my pictures and sometimes leave a comment. Ah, she's not red. <laughs> so uh, still working on that. Uh -huh. uh, so yes, I, I do Deja Thoris. Um, Laura Croft was my first, mm -hmm. uh, followed by uh, Wonder Woman, Zatanna, Scarlet Witch. Um, I did a lot of Top Cow. I've done uh, Fathom, Witchblade, and Aphrodite Nine. Mm -hmm. Obviously, not the Raquel Welch Fathom. Uh, that's that's a different Fathom. I, every time I think Fathom, I think of the '60s movie. Oh but, no, 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 yeah. no, 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 this um, Top Cow. It's um, it's I, actually really easy to do. Oh no, no, I I have seen the comic. It's just that's just me. It's where my head goes. But all right, so that's cool. Um, and you, I know that Witchblade must have been uh, quite a chore because that that's similar to Deja Thoris, where there's not a lot covering you up there. Yeah, basically, it's me naked with a claw, and in post, <laughs> I add you know flames or whatever. Um, that was more of a home costume. Okay. I mean, you got to think about the venue when you're costuming. Absolutely. And uh, who you're doing it for. So I'm usually doing it for myself. But mm -hmm. if I'm going to do a Deja Thoris, I'm only going to wear it, say, around certain places, adults that are closed in. I've mm -hmm. only worn it at Labyrinth of Jareth. And if I get back to Dragon Con some late night, you know, controlled, controlled parties, I would let my freak Martian <laughs> naked flag <laughs> fly. <laughs> Freak Naked Martian. <laughs> New t-shirt. Out of all these characters, I assume Wonder Woman is the favorite. It's the it's the top one. That's the most personal, yes, absolutely. Mm -hmm. She's my favorite. And out of the various experiences you've had, uh, what's what's been your favorite experience in any of these costumes? My favorite experience? 
it is absolutely meeting the kids, and mm-hmm. um, I've had the most reaction with with Wonder Woman, mm-hmm. the little girls who are shy that come or come and come over and just you know grab a hold of me, and we're both speechless. It's just, uh, it's amazing. I yes, I've gotten the most hugs and proposals from creatures, you know, four feet high and <laughs> um, in that way. I'm not going to count those older big kids, but... <laughs> well, you know, they're happy to see you too. Maybe a little too happy, but hey, you know, that mm-hmm. that's uh, it happens, I'm sure. What, um... Well, uh, Laura Croft was a, was a close runner-up for a while because I would be out on location taking pictures and like you near Universal Studios and little girls would be looking at their parents like, that's, that's Laura Croft. Mm-hmm. And I got definitely the most fan mail from, from England from, from that. From, oh, really? From Laura Croft, absolutely. Mm-hmm. I get a little as Paul Apparel, but, but um, Laura Croft in the beginning got the most press when we did our, um, when I did a, uh, my very first film, my film school, it was a 40-minute action drama Laura Croft homage we call it Tears of the Dragon mm-hmm. and it was a project that just had this great synergy of Laura fans from all over the planet we had um, easily half a dozen other Lauras mm-hmm. from California and uh, our music composer was in England our, our 3D artist was in Spain um, I think there was this other guy in Africa that sent me um, kind of allocution British accent lessons wow <laughs> Uh, via um, MP3, mm-hmm. you know, I, I got a we had a lot of great help working mm-hmm. on that. Um, and where can people see that now? Well, they can go to uh, tearsofthedragon.org, mm. and uh, we still have our site up with a lot of our behind the scenes and trailers and press coverage. We're on G4 a couple of times and mm-hmm. a lot of interviews. I know we take I've taken a lot of that and uh, challenged it channeled it into other projects I've done since. When I did the Laura Croft um, movie, I caught the attention of this smaller uh, studio, comic book studio that had their own original um, tales that they had asked me to start modeling for and consult on. And It was Paul Apparel with Atlanta Studios and mm-hmm. doing live action. Right. And Sally, the very first film was a concept. It was just a, it was just a test piece, but they ended up releasing it. Mm-hmm. So I'm very sorry there. I mean, I've, I'm so busy doing, you know, co-writing and the pyrotechnics and producing that there's no there's no acting going on at all (laughs) um i'm so busy setting myself on fire i'm not thinking about the lines i'm delivering you're just saying i'm just saying but Mm -hmm. um they ended up premiering it at new york comic-con and um we've done more webisodes since and just recently we did a full pilot full 30 minute pilot we've finally got a nice balance of storytelling and and elements and um Mm -hmm. entered it and it was a part of the Comic-Con Film Festival. Awesome. Premiered at Phoenix Comic-Con. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, I've also had my worst experience in costume um, related to Laura Croft. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Because you, you, we talked before, we've talked about this. Uh, when you do it right, when you're embodying a hero mm-hmm. and a child is meeting you, it's, it can be a memory they have the rest of their lives. Mm-hmm. That's what haunts me. <laughs> Um, there was this little boy. Um, it was at a Comic Con, mm-hmm. and I was uh, part of this booth where we were selling some of our Lorecroft comics. It was we had that license at the time, mm-hmm. and uh, it was advertised in the program Lorecroft appearing here. Mm-hmm. You know, this time. So um, I was dressed as Wonder Woman the earlier part of the day, and it's mm-hmm. I'm running behind because I'm, I'm having trouble getting through the floor. So by the time I arrive, um, I'm late. 
I'm still dressed as Wonder Woman, and this little boy who arrived early, so he's been waiting a while, mm-hmm. was so excited to meet Laura Croft, ends up finding Laura Croft dressed as Wonder Woman. Ah. And the look on his face, I mean, when I was walking up, he just seemed like any normal, excited kid. Mm-hmm. But when I get there, <laughs> and I'm dressed as Wonder Woman instead of Laura Croft, he's speechless. And is this look on his face, he didn't know what was going on. <laughs> You turned his world upside down. I, I don't know what to say other than sorry. <laughs> I am very sorry. I, th- I think he was probably about seven. Mm-hmm. Um, he was just kind of rooted to the spot, and eventually after meeting him as Wonder Woman, mm-hmm. um, trying to do the best uh, I could, uh, <laughs> uh, parents just kind of had to drag him away. I, I am really sorry. <laughs> I'm not quite sure what he made from that. Um, I wish I could have thrown on Wonder Woman or Laura Croft in time before he had to go, but <laughs> yeah. The rest of it went smoothly, though. I guess, yeah. <laughs> well, if you see, there's a lot of these pictures of Wonder Woman at a Laura Croft booth, so if you see that, you know what was going mm-hmm. on. Okay, yeah. all right. Um, Laura was late. <laughs> well, it, as you said, it's very hard to move fast in a convention in costume because uh, of all the photography. Do you uh, do you have a favorite convention or event uh, that you like to go to? Um, never missed uh, a Comic Con or a WonderCon mm-hmm. in the last six years. Um, I really, really love um, loving Big Wow. Mm-hmm. It's it's growing, and this last year when we went, I mean, just a dozen of us costumers just um, caravaned up there. It was a great time. It's awesome time. There was mm-hmm. no stress. Um, it was the perfect um, crowd size for. Meeting the little kids and the bigger kids, mm-hmm. you don't usually have um, more heightened sense of urgency, and you have little kids kind of competing with adults trying yeah. to take pictures. But it was just the right, it was just the right mix mm-hmm. um, at Big Well. And I really loved our Marvel group versus DC group of um, Guitar Hero. Yeah, yeah, not something planned. It's just something that just happened. But yeah, although I think the Marvel group uh, beat the DC group. Uh, well, it's DC years don't. You know, fake it that much. <laughs> we're, we're not the real rock stars. We're we're real heroes. We'll let them party. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. But it was nice to come and do uh, the paneling and, and the MC the the masquerade. Yeah, actually, no, you did a great job on uh, on MC the mask and uh, your uh, cosplay panel. I remember all that. And actually, I asked it, you know six years ago your first costume and first Comic Con. Did you ever think you'd be here? getting this involved you know i mean being i'm seeing a masquerade do you ever think you'd go this far down the rabbit hole uh, nope i had no agenda and no direction i have no goals just kind of uh, following my nose following my passions mm-hmm. uh, i had i had no plan mm-hmm. <laughs> there is no plan here like I said, I, I growing up, I, I really didn't know other people who were interested in the stuff I was interested in. I was kind of kind of closeted mm-hmm. in that way, and I was just largely living in my head. To collaborate with with folks uh, in, in different creative ways and do storytelling with friends and cool people, that to me, that's my idea of heaven. Uh, yeah. And it really brought me out of shell, out mm-hmm. of my shell. I mean, my, my balls dropped. I I came into my own. I started talking to people and coming to life and. Feeling more in my body instead of just my head, like I said. Um, so, um, so the, the shell has been left behind in the road? I am trying to break the shell that encloses my understanding on a regular basis. Mm-hmm. I'm always trying to get out of my comfort zone. Mm-hmm. But uh, 
largely, I, I think I, I just needed it. It was a time where I had trouble having a normal conversation with a person. Really? I, I, I'd be always interfacing with a computer. I, when I talk to a human being, my mind will be going so fast, I'd skip every third sentence. I, wow. My conversations with people kind of come at right angles. I tell you, I was truly a social moron. I mean, as a lonely kid. There's probably a whole other podcast we could have about technology and the effect it has on society today. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah, the look in your face tells me that's the case. Um, so it's, it is very interesting to me to, to hear that, you know, young uh, teenage Valerie was such an introvert compared to the much more extroverted personality I've met and I know today. I mean, you know, you can correct me there if I'm wrong. I know that I was somewhat the same way. I consider myself much more of a, uh, yeah, a, a bit of a loner introvert. But I noticed that when I did get involved with friends on, on projects, I did student films in high school and college. And uh, when I did dabble in theater, and I can't believe I did any of that to a degree, when I look back, knowing who I was back then. Uh, and yeah, as soon as I kind of like had an excuse to open the door, I embrace it. I could, I could go with it. But it's like I needed that. I don't even want to say push. I needed that door to be open. Is that what you found? For me, it was just a little added extra reason. Mm -hmm. it, was, um, it was a way to involve other people. Mm -hmm. um, before really getting into Comic-Con, or actually because of Comic-Con, um, the, the Lorecroft project we did finally was able to bring together all my favorite hobbies and interests, uh, spelunking and, and research and pyrotechnics and costuming mm -hmm. of Laura Croft and uh, bring them all together. And then at Con, I met other people who were interested in that too. Mm -hmm. To do it just, just for me, like I guess for the audience of myself, I don't costume for attention. And some people, there's, there's, there could be a reason why you do it, mm -hmm. um, costuming for attention. But for me, it was largely for celebrating of character I love and well yeah I want to see more of. Mm -hmm. I know when we were gonna do um decided to do our, our Laura Croft film, it was because um we thought Laura Croft was 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 ending, was dying out. Mm -hmm. It's uh, her that was gonna be it be it for the franchise and we didn't want to see her end that way. We mm -hmm. had something personal to say we wanted to see more. Then the movies came out and loved Angelina Jolie's mm -hmm. portrayal as Tomb Raider, but the scripts themselves didn't feel like Tomb Raider to us. Sure. So we, we, we felt the need to, to put our stuff out there. Mm-hmm. And that's where we lose the signal for this week's episode. Come on back next time for the second half of my discussion with Miss Valerie Perez. We're going to be talking cosplay conventions, fan films, and more. Uh, if you have any other questions, just go to www.costumestationzero.com, and I'll be happy to answer that. Also, if you want to check out uh, Valerie's fan film, go to tearsofthedragon.org, or go to www.midnightwhistle.com to check out the adventures of Paul Apparel. All right, I'll check you next time here at Costume Station Zero. <laughs>